0: Live, statewide, on the Ref Radio Sports Network. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Join in and text the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. His brother, Sam Ochoa, is... Uh He's at the defensive end on the the one defensive end and Emmanuel Ocho. Dos Ochos.
1: Those Nacho (laughs) Ochos. Or something.
0: Now, live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and TJ Perry.
1: All right, good morning, everyone. Hour 2, we're live at Neighborhood Jam. It's an OEC Fiber football Friday. It's the Joe C Day. Two hours ahead, you can text the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Big Thursday night of football last night. OSU, a high-scoring win over Central Michigan last night, 58-44 in Stillwater. Great game in Pittsburgh. Pitt beat West Virginia 38-31 a game that literally slipped right through the Mountaineers' hands last night. They got to be sick today. And Penn State uh, late last night, another great game. They beat Purdue and West Lafayette 35-31. We're getting set for the Sooners and the Miners coming up at 2:30 on Saturday at uh, Owen Field. All right, Joe, I got a whole bunch of topics to uh hit you with and I I'm going to start with uh Brent. First 9 months of uh of Brent Venables' as head coach of the Sooners. We're about to play football games, and obviously uh, uh, you've got to win football games. But what are your thoughts on, on how he's built his program and gone about his business so far?
2: There are so many ways I can answer this question. All good. Uh, I, I would tell you, uh, Toby, um, not that I'm totally surprised, but he's, uh, his preparation to be a head coach shows. You know, he's had a vision from day one talked about it when we uh not only interviewed but it, the when we first introduced him to uh the sooner universe and uh he's been absolutely spot on on what he wanted to uh, fulfill how he was going to go about it uh he's very intentional and uh you know from the quality staff that he hired to the way that he has built a, a terrific culture in these nine months, eight, uh, going on ten months, and uh, preparation, uh, attention to detail, really great attention to detail. Little things help make big things happen, and uh, the way he's attacked recruiting. Uh, I mean, all of that shows, and uh, I, I'm I'm very excited to watch our our team play tomorrow, and uh, you know really start to take the next step in growth. That's a lot for a program to to encounter and then transition and then get themselves you know at a point like we are right now. So uh I'm st- I'm sure the coaches are you know at a point where they're they need to see our team against other teams and yeah. see a lot of good things in practice and want to see it transfer over to the game. But uh I really feel uh so so Happy and proud of Brent where um, I've, I've watched his leadership just blossom. And, uh, and obviously the one thing I didn't mention but goes without saying, the enthusiasm that he's created for our program is uh, just off the charts. And I just can't uh, thank him enough and proud to be his partner.
1: Future of the program. Um, you know, there's a lot of big ideas that Brent brought with him, that turnip seed brought with him. There was a report out this week about a new facility that that may be uh, down the pipe. You mentioned possible stadium renovations. I think you're probably talking about for the west side there, the press box side. What all do you envision over the next few years as far as just football? We'll talk about some other sports, but what do you see for football? Renovations, additions, and everything coming down the line.
2: Well, Oklahoma, we're trying to do things that set a standard. And our facilities are great, but we also see how the world is changing and has changed a lot even in one year's time. And so uh, some of that could not have been seen six, seven years ago when we envisioned um, a current facility. And so we're studying every aspect of our program and uh, preparing what we think we need for the future. Now, obviously, the transition into the SEC a few years down the road is uh, what everybody points to. But as you heard in the interview with Pete Thamel, there's, there's more that's going to evolve in college football. And we have to think around the corner or over the horizon, if you will, and what uh, what Oklahoma's going to need to be successful. I mean, our move to the SEC was one of those examples that had to uh you know make a you know a lot of a lot of different some difficult but certainly forward thinking decisions as leaders to uh put our program you know in the best position to be successful so it's facilities it's staffing but whatever it is I'll tell you one thing that it will always impact and it's always going to be our number one priority and that's our athletes, you know, our players, uh, football or whatever sport we're talking about. That's why we do what we do. So whatever we believe is necessary to continue to keep the University of Oklahoma to be the destination of choice for the best and the brightest, you know, athletes that want to have that co- great college a- uh, athletics experience, we want to do that at Oklahoma. So we're, we're that beacon.
1: As of right now, though, there is not a timeline for, all right, we want to do the west side, and then we want to do a new standalone facility, and then we want to – whatever the case may be, there's not a timeline out there that that we could let fans know about.
2: Not a specific timeline yet, but that's why we're making um, the decisions to start to focus on how to uh, hone in on what needs to be done and when it needs to yeah. needs to be accomplished that being said toby it's not a long long time away i mean we're we're looking at what we need to do in the the uh best way possible and you know it goes without saying we we're we're still a university we have to raise the money yeah generate well, the, the revenue part, right? uh to make all of that happen it doesn't just say we're going to have a facility and then voila it builds itself i mean these are these are complicated types of um projects but that's the vision that we have and we have to find the way to to fund it and yeah, this year uh we've made a lot of progress we had a record year fundraising now you'd like to have a record year every year but uh we've had it's an eric church song
1: right there tj that was an homage to you oh yeah
2: yeah, no. Well, TJ's part of everything. He's so, not it's just, uh, yeah. So, no, but seriously, this is the place where we also have to find ways for our fans to step up and step in. We cannot do it by ourselves, just can't. And so, if our fans truly believe in that vision that we have and it, it grabs them in their gut, so we are going to position ourselves to be. At the top, then we need their support. We need them leaning in with their shoulder just like we are to help us. And it's no clearer way to say it. You know, yep. we're going to be able to do it together, then we'll be able to celebrate together.
1: I asked Pete what he thinks college football is going to look like in five years. What do you think? What does your uh, crystal ball tell you the sport's going to look like in five years?
2: Well, I think he described it accurately. You know, there, we're we're in a sort of, you know, I don't even know if I could say managed chaos state right now, but we are in a lot of ways. There's still a lot of good going on, and people want to point at change. They want to complain about it, but to, to be the leaders that we need to be, you have to embrace it. Do we need um, – parameters and guardrails and structure to some of the things we're facing absolutely it's one of the biggest problems that we faced i don't know I, you know a lot of people want to say well you, you need a different organizational structure i think you need a different structure but if you want to do away with um the ncaa and take it and move it into another place some of the same problems are still going to exist until you address those issues. Right. So we need to address the actual structure. Whether it stays in the NCAA or something else, that's, that's huge. You know, there's so much that's happened that now the NCAA does not have the ability to address. And so there are, there are people that have been assembled to try to figure out what our best path forward may be. Some of that might be within the, a newly defined NCAA structure and some might be now the responsibility of the various conferences and we think that's part of part of the process and steps going forward so how do we define who does what and what works best so and then they want to say well let's have a czar you know there's a czar here and a czar there everywhere is czar czar, you know and it's just like i mean what are we going to do yeah then you have all the people that are not interconnected so you know that's that that isn't always the answer either so i i think like we talked with pete getting a smaller group of people together that are charged and have the ability to make some really really uh, I think out of the box decisions that help the the um, you know our enterprise be successful in long run it 's going to be our our path, but we have this these big issues hitting us right in the face right now, so it is it is requiring a lot of people to address that, whether it 's nil the transfer portal. The, you know the, the, some of the existential questions. We have other lawsuits that are out there that right. are coming forward. And, you know, that's, that's just a lot for, for us to handle.
1: Well, it is like just NIL, for example, it does feel like, I think it's reality, that this thing's running wild. Everybody's got different rules. States have different rules. Universities are playing by different standards. There doesn't feel like there's a police force to kind of – regulate it does the government get involved we don't want that it's not really under the NCAA parameters it's there's it seems like the wild west I've heard that analogy a lot but something whether it's a commissioner or a czar or you mentioned a small group of people it does feel like there has to be somebody say all right I'm in charge now and here's the rules we're going to play by going forward
2: okay right there the last part of what you said that's the hardest part for college athletics to agree on a set of rules yeah. that we are going to be held accountable right. to and then hold people accountable that's the crux of the problem because we can sit back and in casual conversations or purposeful conversations and you know decide we need to do this or that and put it on paper and maybe some of that makes it through the legislative system. And then all of a sudden people start to try and do it differently, and then they get held accountable. Like, well, wait wait a minute. Yeah, I kind of like what we said, but, you know, there's this exception. Right. And then somebody else says, well, there's this other exception, and it just starts unraveling. So it, even the NCA itself, they, they have done a lot to create criticism, and I get it. Sure. But, you know, there's only so much they can do if the membership itself won't transition the authority to them. You know, they can have the so-called uh, visual power, but if they don't have the authority to enact or enforce the rules that are in place, then they aren't worth the paper they're printed on and uh, or whatever. And so that's where we've got to get to a point where this is what we want to do and we're going to hold ourselves accountable to it and control it and obviously the supreme court has showed what we can and can't control there's other other examples of uh, change that's going on but we need to embrace it and and get back to what we believe is college athletics and i think the new version of college athletics can still exist short of a pay-for-play model
1: if the presidents that are meeting today at five o'clock or six o'clock Uh, come out today and say, all right, Joe Castiglione, we're going to put you in charge of deciding what that structure is. It sounds like you would be in favor of, and maybe I'm putting words in your mouth here, like a five or a six, maybe it's the commissioners, but a five or a six person kind of a, a committee overlooking. You tell me, what would you propose to the president should be the structure going forward of college football to make it work?
2: Well, that's a broad question. Are you talking about all of college football or are you talking about the playoff postseason?
1: Uh, I'm talking about all of college football, like the NIL and everything involved in helping us go forward in a unified manner so the doors don't fly off this thing. It sounds like you don't want a commissioner.
2: It depends on what kind of authority we give that person. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about somebody that sort of oversees all of of college football like like a you know like a commissioner of a pro league is you know keep in mind those pro leagues are thirty two teams, teams right <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, no that's the problem you know, that, yeah that's, and um, every
1: university that you got some that have sixty thousand students and some that have six hundred students and different amounts of money and all kinds of different
2: before you put somebody in charge, you need to define what they're in charge of <laughs> yeah and and I think that's where the focus needs to be. Uh, how we're going to manage our business. And don't be afraid to call it a business because that's what it is. It's, it's still geared around education. It's not completely, you know, a, a for-profit or bust type of endeavor, although things that happen in our world make it seem like it's all about that by itself. Yeah. But you have to realize that college athletics has to pay for itself. So it has to operate like a business we don't go to the state and make right. a plea for appropriations we exist because of fan support donations revenue we can generate and television revenue is a part of that uh, equation and so we we try to figure out the best way to do it and we have you know, programs that are growing and and more athletes that want to participate in facilities that have to be built i mean on and on and on that just has to be People got to be paid. Coaches yeah. got to be paid. I can, I can understand some of the criticism that uh, comes with college athletics. I agree with some of it. And we just have to find a way to set what we want and then move it forward. That's the piece before you figure out if it's going to be a commissioner or not. Yeah,
1: makes sense. All right, Joe's with us today. We got a lot more questions for him. I know you do too on the text line 405 651 3439. Breakfast is in front of us here at Neighborhood Jam. We'll be back.
0: The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by extreme outdoor equipment. Four-wheelers, side-by-sides, UTVs, travel trailers, or motorhome rentals. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby Exit 104B and I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle Exit 108.
3: We're back on the T-Row in the Morning Show. On the ref, it is Joe C. Day. This hour brought to you by Saxon Realty Group. Terry and Jackie Saxon, home of the $8.99 listing fee. If you're looking to sell your home, that's the cost through them, $8.99. Find out all the details. Call Terry. Say what's up with that. 405-361-3380 or SaxonRealtyGroup.com. Air Comfort Solutions text line. uh, Rod and Bixby, and I don't know if this is football related or it could could mean all sports, which... There's a groundbreaking coming up soon, but he would like Joe to talk about any type of facility updates. All right. Well, we just kind of mentioned
1: uh, a football, mm-hmm. so right. uh, there was news, Joe, uh, I guess just within the last week that uh, shovel's going in the dirt September 23rd. Is that right for Love's Field softball?
2: That's correct. <clears throat> We're having the uh, groundbreaking for our new softball stadium. Uh, right there at the site, obviously. Yeah. And construction commences right away with the uh, you know, with the plan to be used in the stadium in spring of 24. Fantastic. So that's really, really exciting.
1: Uh, how about all the baseball fans? we got a lot of baseball fans listening on the show. I know they've seen uh, renderings of some things that perhaps want to be done in the future. Where do we stand on that?
2: <clears throat> well baseball is is uh definitely on on uh, i guess you could say in the design process for uh several different improvements there fan amenities to uh player amenities uh it really a a bit of a remake of the park you know we have a great location parking is excellent uh there are a lot of good good pieces of eldale mitchell that um we have to work with in renovation but i would say uh from seating to the the type of ways that people can enjoy the game a whole new concept out on the berm um won't be able to drive up and park your car on the back side of the berm and just walk in anymore but right. there'll be some really exciting ways for people to uh enjoy that unique experience there as well as in the stadium itself but the biggest piece is for the players New locker room, uh, all the team-related facilities, uh, pitching lab, a whole new approach with our hitting uh, facility, all the uh, uh, strength and conditioning and uh, recovery areas. So uh, it's really focused on being a developmental center for uh, the best baseball prospects and getting people ready for the league if that's the choice they want to make for themselves and put them sells in that position, after playing for the Sooners, so that's that's exciting, and uh, we're raising money for that. We had a uh, big matching gift that was announced r- during the College World yeah. Series when yeah. we were in Omaha right. by the Kimry family, and uh, that's been going very well. And there's ways for people to join into that, as well as make a gift on their own. But uh, gymnastics, you know, expansion and renovation of our practice facility. Here we have the, and you know, we. The queen of softball, the goat, and Patty Gasso, but KJ Kindler is right there with five sure. national championships yeah. and uh gold standard of women's gymnastics right now. And of course, Mark Williams has won nine national championships. So we, uh, and they're both going to be right there together, you know, right next to each other, the softball stadium and gymnastics. But uh, we've received a big gift for golf, so we're going to uh, renovate our team facilities and nice. uh, some other. Uh, amenities that our are, are, uh, men's and women's golf team needs. Tennis is very close to uh, new team facilities and uh, some additional seating. Our tennis facility continues to get you know, really quality recognition, and uh, we have hopes of hosting a national championship uh, event really? there. Yes. So uh, uh, we just did some renovations on McCasland, and there's a few more that we have in store. Volleyball just had their locker room renovated. Wrestling is Right there, getting some renovations. So, track, uh, track and field,
1: basketball, basketball. Any okay. movement on uh, trying to get a new arena built?
2: Uh, yes, there's a lot of conversations going on around the scenes. Okay, so you really, hope? you have hope. Yeah, I have hope of one of the two options. Okay, either good, bad, or renovating Lloyd Noble. In fact, we had a meeting yesterday about uh, some. Uh, a renovation of lloyd noble which really is taking out the master plan we developed in 2014 and uh looking at it again seeing what uh needs to happen but first for men's and women's basketball we're on the cusp of starting a project to completely renovate and expand the team facilities you hear a theme in my description team facilities, taking care of the assistants. athletes that's yeah. that's it um I know you would like to have a new press box. A lot of people like look up and see, we need a new press box, but that's not helping us recruit athletes, <laughs> you know, unfortunately. What? It's not, yeah. yeah. I and thought, I don't look I up thought Toby
3: drew all the athletes We can talk about this uh, yeah. stance you
2: have later. But uh, we, need, we, we know we need improvements <laughs> there, too, but we, we have to focus on what's best for a- athletes first.
1: Let me ask you this. I, I think there's a general feeling. I talked about this on the show the other day. There's a general feeling that, before Oklahoma goes into the SEC, they got to get their facilities up to the par of all these uh, schools in the SEC. I know because I've been on a few of these with you and your staff, you guys have toured, if not all, most of, of the athletic departments and all the facilities in the Southeast Conference. Where do you feel like right now, even before all of that you said, Oklahoma stacks up with the other 14 schools in the SEC?
2: Well, this is the if you count most general answer. Yes, we've been probably on six of the fourteen uh, SEC campuses uh, since last August, but uh, and we're continuing to tour more. So I'd say we have some that match up exceptionally well. Right there, you know, feel really good about it. But you can't get caught up thinking in status quo, like we talked with right. football. You have to always find ways to get better. We have some that aren't that far off, and then some that we we're really behind. And um, but this is why we're being aggressive. We talked earlier in a different segment, and so we we need you know to make some of those improvements. Um, but Toby, I'm going to tell you one thing: where we also this is not going to, meant to come across the wrong way. It's not because I love our fan base and I appreciate our fans. But one area where we have to step up is fan support and great in football great in softball now that's right but there's programs that are doing exceptionally well exceptionally well and uh while their attendance is growing it's not not at a stage where that that uh you know compares well to the sec yeah I mean, look at gymnastics. We, you know, we're, we're growing. We have 6,000 sure. average, which is a great step up, and it's continuing to grow. And, we win go national on the ro- and winning national championships. And we go on the road against programs that haven't ever won a national championship, and they're sold out. Baseball, look at where, where that can be. Uh, and of course, what Skip and his staff and this team has done is show people that, hey, this is, this right. is possible at Oklahoma. We know we have to do our part. This is not pointing fingers at anybody like you're to blame and we're not. This is a we thing, our issue. But you wanted to talk about things where we compare. Yeah. There, that's the area where we, we, need to, we need to do better. And we'll, we'll do our part. You know, we're trying to keep tickets affordable. We're trying to make it better fan experience. We're trying to do all these things. We're comparing ourselves against the SEC in what our fan experiences are, access, uh, cost of tickets, everything. So if we, want to, if we want to see that kind of response, then we better offer a similar experience. Again, it goes back to not only our philosophy, but some of the facility work that we're doing to make it possible so we can make it a better experience and accommodate more fans.
1: Good stuff. I want to ask you after this break about the uh, future of Bedlam and the tailgating. controversy last week. We'll take a break. We're at Neighborhood Jam today. It's Joe C. Day. Back after this.
0: The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510.
1: a good song any idea who uh is singing this joe
2: yeah a guy named john edmund really a superstar in the making here in bursting Norman. onto the
1: country music scene yeah yeah big fan big fan that's a great what's the name of that song there uh A uh southern gentleman
3: that is the southern name. Of that gentleman. Song, yeah.
1: probably written about his father don't you think oh absolutely Rappable. yes i would imagine
3: yeah southern italy <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh okay let me uh, let me read this uh, quickly. Neighborhood Jams, where we're hanging out today. These folks have been great. Did you enjoy your breakfast, Joe?
2: Oh my gosh, yes! Oh,
1: that was uh, the biscuits Phenomenal. and gravy here. Uh, thank you, Sean, for the crispy hash brown suggestion. By the way, Neighborhood Jam um, in Norman open from seven to two thirty every day. Skip the line and join the wait list on Yelp or on their website at that'smyjamok.com. Start your day at Neighborhood Jam. You'll love everything on the menu. Whether you choose the breakfast tacos, pineapple bourbon pancakes, acai bowl, everything is made from scratch daily from the freshest ingredients. Could not more highly recommend a place than Neighborhood Jam, and their hospitality today has been wonderful as well. Uh, 405-651-3439 if you want to uh, ask Joe a question. TJ, find us uh, one or two on the text line, and we'll come to you here in just a second. All right, future of Bedlam, Joe. Uh, Mike Gundy has been very pessimistic about uh, there being any possibility of playing uh, OU and OSU once you guys, once Oklahoma moves into the SEC. Do you share his pessimism?
2: No. But uh, it takes two. And at the moment, uh, there's not any activity to you know, find find ways to play in football. Now, that being said, we have – we um, have been talking with uh, Oklahoma State, Chad, and, and his staff to uh, find ways for our other sports to compete against each other. Maybe it's a one game per year. Maybe there's an occasion for two. But uh, I think we'll find a way in football, just not in the short term. We've said from day one, going back to even our announcement last summer, that we have in it every intention of continuing our, our uh, rivalry with Oklahoma State in all sports. And that means football too. But I understand why uh, the, you know, the logistics may not present an opportunity in the short term. But then it gets to a philosophy um, where both schools have to come together to, to play. And we'll remain open to it.
1: You would like to play the game if osu i think would like it's to great for
2: game. i think it's great for our state and and uh the fan bases uh you know in spite of the rivalry you know there's there are so many people that that actually either share degrees at both universities have uh, spouses that are graduates of one or the other uh it it uh it, it's sports brings people together even if you have part rooting against somebody else for that game it's really important for the state and I um, hope we find a way you know somewhere down the road to make it happen and I believe we will it it may take a little while because both of us scheduled uh, non-conference games right. in uh down the road and um, you know those those are big games we have Michigan in 25 and 26 Michigan comes here and 25, we go to Ann Arbor in 26. I can't I wait mean, for that. So there may be, and they have some big games that they've scheduled uh, in those years. Yeah, so they got
1: a series with Alabama coming up here.
2: They do. I think they have one with Oregon. Right. Can't remember. Uh, but I, I've had good talks with Chad, and uh, we'll just see where it goes. We'll, we'll remain open-minded.
1: Is uh, Oklahoma and Texas, are Oklahoma and Texas involved – from the periphery at least if not in the room on the future SEC scheduling you know conversation where they're trying to figure out how they want to schedule their league whether it's 1736 all these different proposals going forward does Oklahoma have a voice in that
2: we do yeah. both of us do they've been uh, very good in including us in all the conversations about the future of the conference from the point we joined going forward and so yes we've uh not only been informed we've been at the table talking through a wide variety of uh, future scheduling formats for all sports yeah and so uh not yet at a point where there's a, a decision on uh football but uh several sports have been decided and uh you know there's just so much moving around i think that you know the uh, conference wants to be sure about just talk to about it in a couple different segments in the future of the college football playoff what that means right other changes that are taking place and so you know I think they want to make sure that they uh, consider everything before making a final decision
1: probably be wise to see how many teams get in the playoff before you know exactly how many conference games you want to have eight versus nine that you know so forth and so on do you have a preference or would you rather not tip your hand in in that regard as far as what, an, what a SEC schedule looks like,
2: so I have a I have a preference based on uh, the uh, the postseason we're trying to access. Twelve teams, twelve okay. versus the current four. So
1: let's say we got twelve. What's your preference then? Nine, nine conference games. Mm-hmm. Do you like the three six model? I do. Yeah, I do, I do too. Yeah, I mean that would mean anything, but I yeah. agree with you. Well, yeah, yeah
2: I could. Next meeting, I'll just say, Well,
3: Toby, thinks, if you send me in your please. Place he wants to about, sit in you know. on all these meetings, Joe. He's been asking for years. He just wants <laughs> yeah. to be a fly on the wall. Just you know, in the, in the Senate corner.
1: hearings where they have the senators up front and then they have all their aides like lining the wall in the yeah. back. I just want to be one of those people lining the wall in the back, Joe. Okay. I'll go get you orange juice or coffee or whatever. But,
2: great. Oh, well, we, you know, you could be the voice of the people, too. Uh, I try to be, but you definitely will be
1: tweeting out everything you say. No, in but behind closed I, but, doors. but
2: three the three six model is is really good. Uh, obviously, one of the permanents for us will always be Texas, right? But the uh, the other permanents haven't been uh, determined yet. They're they've have a um, a very thorough uh, statistical analysis that gets applied to every type of. Model that we could consider. So there's modeling, if you will, yeah. based on criteria. It's sort of like a research, you know, experiment. You have a hypothesis, and then you have ways of, of manipulating the variables to get what you want. And so you have to understand what you're trying to get. So maybe our think thought process is a little different if the playoff is four teams versus expanding to twelve.
1: Right. No, that makes sense. The figuring out who everybody's three permanents are is a very complicated. Uh, oh, listen. Holy cow, TJ. Can you hear that? Oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, Casey Vineyard has just put approximately a dollar and 40 cents of change, maybe more than that, in the uh,
3: bowl. The, 20 yeah, plus years. I've never been embarrassed uh, as I am today. So We should say if you've joined us Public late on the shaming. show today. Public uh, shaming.
1: Joe has made it his mission to get TJ ESPN Plus for the year. He ha- we've got a bowl here uh, in front of us. We're raising money today to try to get TJ that $99.99 subscription for one year of ESPN Plus. Joe has agreed to match every dime that comes in today, and we're getting close to our goal. I would say we are up to about $80 right now uh, that have been raised. So, uh, TJ? TJ? Looks like there's a possibility dreams will come true, but we're not across the finish line. I'm expecting Chris
3: Conley at any moment to come walking in uh, filming a segment for ESPN (laughs) plus uh, game day. So back to our conversation, Joe. It's not as easy as who
1: is OU's three biggest rivals or most traditional matchups or geographically who do they fit the best with. It could be a matter of making sure that everybody's three permanents are fairly even from a how-good-are-they Yeah, standpoint, right. even if, like, just dr- pulling something out of the air. Maybe OU's got no history at all with South Carolina, but in order to make it even, we get attached to South Carolina as one of our permanents. That could be one of the ways that it works out. Yes?
2: It is one of the ways that okay. is being modeled. Okay. And so you're absolutely right. It's so, Again, Texas is going to be in the mix regardless. Right. And for them, the same thing. Alabama's going to play Auburn, vice versa. You know, uh, Florida's going to play Georgia, et cetera, et cetera. So those are rivalries that are going to be protected. Miss, for Mississippi State. For each school. Yeah. So that being said, there is a, there is a uh, formula being applied to achieve balance with the three permanents. So they look back, say, over a, maybe a 10-year period historical, maybe further than that, but a historical analysis of the, uh, the success of the programs to try to achieve that balance and not make it too difficult for another two or three teams that may look like they got the short end of the stick on, on, on their permanents. And right. so um, it's a, it's, it, that's why it's being very well thought through. And so that's, that's a component. Geography is another. It, you could argue certain things might be more important for you, mm-hmm. but somebody else might have reasons they think something else is more important. And so that's how the secret sauce gets stirred. And, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, there are probably those two things, competitive balance and geographic interest proximity.
1: All right, break time. TJ will hit us with a couple of fan questions out there when we come back. It's Joe C. Day at Neighborhood Jam on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Back
0: after this. Bringing you the physical, relentless, suffocating coverage of the Sooners you deserve, this is the Ref, the home of Sooner fans.
3: We are back on the Ref, Toby, TJ, and Josie. It is Josie C. Day there at Neighborhood Jam few More minutes left of their uh, coffee social hour every morning at Neighborhood Jam from 7 to 8. Half price coffee and non alcoholic barista drinks. You can skip the line at Neighborhood Jam, just go to that'smyjamok.com and make your uh, reservations. This hour brought to you by Saxon Realty Group, home of the 899 listing fee, 405 361 3380, or SaxonRealtyGroup.com. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line, an ESPN plus question, how appropriate for Joe C. Sooner softball has never been hotter. The folk, uh, folks at ESPN Plus were noncommittal about how much they would be televising. Uh, do you know how much softball will be on, and how do we get uh, more uh, if it's not the full season? Boomer.
2: Well, every one of our home softball games will be on ESPN Plus or one of the other at ESPN networks because, as you know, they've been yeah. one of the – well we've been the hottest team in softball for the last several years and we get more and more exposure on one of the linear networks. So uh you'll be able to see all of the home games one way or the other. On the road, we don't control the television rights. Right. If it's a Big twelve opponent, then it'll be on ESPN plus. If it's somewhere else, then that's up to whoever owns those rights.
1: Every home game though. Softball Every home, home game. game will be on ESPN plus live or bigger. Either or ESPN, ESPN2, or ESPN+. Plus. Yep. Okay.
3: There you go. The, there are a lot of questions about the facilities, upgrades, uh, budgets, things like that. And I'm going to try to wrap this all in because there's uh, several of them here that I'm seeing. Basically, they're asking, one, how, how much does Joe uh, pull his hair out and go crazy trying to develop a budget? And then, two, on the facility upgrades... How hard is it right now in today's world with the constant fluctuation of costs and materials point. that are available, things like that? How much does that shift on you uh, through this time period we're in right now?
2: A, a lot. No, so, yeah, I, not, it's not for me to get on the air and talk about all my challenges, but there are quite a few. You just n- nailed two of them. The softball stadium went up $12 million. We didn't change one thing. It's totally <laughs> <Really>? inflation. <laughs> wow. Totally inflation. Totally inflation. Holy cow! So, hey, before we break, I, TJ, I know this, this. I know this three hours has been primarily about you, and that's okay. But I do have a tradition that I started when we first started doing our show, and I've got something for Toby that I want to present. Oh, this is very exciting, and this is on behalf of Michael Jordan.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> this is uh, his, favorite his favorite athlete. His favorite athlete. The best part of the Joe C. Show every year. Is the gift and uh, Joe has brought me. It looks like a shoebox. It is a shoebox. Let me see what's inside of it here. Look at those. Nice.
2: Those are Air Jordan's number three retros.
1: I like that a lot. Thank you, Joe. I will add it to my Joe C collection, which is uh, growing by the year
2: you don't need a wall of the jordans you need to wear some of these i yeah.
1: would wear them much to my kids chagrin i actually wear my jordans
2: i want you to be sure when you walk in the house they say dad we love your drip <laughs> <laughs> looking fresh man very looking much fresh
1: oh the gifts are flowing tj here at neighborhood jam we'll be back the josie hour continues next